Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. podcast 2019 and this kickoff podcast will be looking at music that we're looking to hear more from each artist. I could quite easily call it ones to watch but I don't really want to do that. That would be lazy. Well yeah plus I, I genuinely am excited about hearing the music that's coming collectively from these people. I don't know if they're going to be successful or what. You That's know? kind of, I mean, forgive me if this is very much the wrong thing to say, but I feel like whether they are going to be successful is kind of irrelevant Ex- as to yeah. whether the music is loved and enjoyed and yeah. brilliant. So. Yeah, that's why I hate that term, ones to watch. And I think it's just, 
I think it automatically just makes people feel, oh, I didn't get on that list or, you know, why am I not on that list? And I granted, I, you know, people's favourites of the year that they've already listened and consumed and so on. But um, yeah, anyway, I'm uh, rambling. So uh, first, let's, who did you kick off with? We kicked off with a lady called Ash Nico and you heard a tune from her called Nice Girl. She was born in North Carolina, but raised in London and she has just released a four track EP in late 2018. Hopefully that means a full-scale album, if the rumours are to believe, be believed, is coming this year. And if that is correct, I am going to have a full-blown teenager, One Direction levels of excitement kind of tantrum because she is just so great. Everything about her, her music, her style, her flow, her personality, the way she presents herself online, the topics that she covers, everything. She's real and she's true to herself but she still manages to be funny and unique and interesting and her songs and her talent she just doesn't give a fuck and I love that I absolutely love that it's the first time I've been this excited about a female MC in as long as I can remember so I'm super keen to see what she's going to bring to 2019. Have you heard Little Sims? Yes I have. Imagine them on a double bill. (laughs) I know just put that one in there. Right let's move on. (laughs) Is it a real fire? 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 Is it a
Is it too real? Is it too real for ya? 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 DC with Too Real. It's not often that I email a PR back within five minutes of getting a song to find out the deal with the band, but Dublin's Fontaine's DC were one of those bands. Um, we were subsequently put in touch with their excellent manager, Trevor Dietz, and we managed to book them their first ever Scottish show at Block on Bath Street. Um, it's absolutely insane to see how well they've done over 2018. And now they're going to be playing King Tut's on the 14th of April, and I believe it's sold out. Um, They've worked so hard and really deserve the success that they're getting. And their music is just packed with hooks and they, they bring a real breath of fresh air for me to a very saturated lad rock scene. I couldn't agree more. I have been watching them for a wee while and when I saw that their show upcoming has sold out, I felt this immense burst of pride, even though they are absolutely nothing to do with me and definitely not in a genre I usually go into. It is exactly as you said, it's that breaking away from just the standard, we play the guitar, we sing the same shite. They really shine and yeah. I'm, I'm really pleased for them. Yeah, me too. Now, now, and now it is a very big change up of genre from Fontaine's DC. Just taste the love you were just for 
That was Oh Boy from Jocelyn, who has just announced the release of her very, very highly anticipated debut album called In The Blank Space, that is due to come out on January the 25th via Dumont Dumont and MVKA Records. Jocelyn was born in Cologne to a Korean mother and a German father who are both opera singers and yet 
even though she grew up constantly around music, somehow she didn't realise that that is what she wanted to do. Maybe it's because if things are right in front of you, then you just seem to skip them. So instead she went to medical school and did the first year and then thought, no, this is not, this is not for me, and swapped out and music won. So I'm really pleased that she decided to pack in being a superhuman doctor <laughs> to make music because that is stunning and that song is very much a crier. Uh, don't have to wait too long until this album's coming out and yeah this one I think is one that I'm going to be having on heavy rotation um yeah we I covered it before I covered our track company and um yeah really really special and uh, weirdly um one of the other artists that I've got on the podcast packed in what they wanted to do to go into uh, music full time um, but anyway we are travelling from where did you say that just in, I can't remember from Cologne Cologne so we're travelling from Cologne to Paisley how glamorous <laughs>
was Baby Maker by Drift. I heard the duo thanks to one of my Lost Art Agency work partners, Yvonne McClellan, and um, their duo has supported a band called that I'm working with as well called OK Button at Glasgow's Poetry Club. Um, there's just something about them on record and live. It's very ethereal and atmospheric, and I'm really keen to see how they progress in 2019. They haven't released anything else since Baby Maker, but they have just played King Tut's uh, New Year's Revolution. So um, that's the second time Tut's going to mention on this podcast. Uh, they're monopolising. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure there's something on the horizon and they're very much in the development stage. So you, you say that and clearly they are if that's their first single. But I just asked you there if it's similar or different to any work that they've done before. And you said that's their first single. Yeah. So I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought they're still in the development stage. That makes it really exciting to think, wow, if that's your first single. And that's what excites me. Yeah. So I am just really intrigued to see what they do next. Me too. And as a side note to all the people who are from Scotland or know Scotland well that may be listening to the podcast, it is exceptional that that sound has come out of Paisley. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Not that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Let's bring it round to Sarah Diamond. This track is called Know My Name. Smiling on the best of days Rain falling to the clear sky Not looking for a reason why Stay holy till you make it home Fast diamonds on the way to go When they sell you on the good life They're eating from the weather vine Tell me Then you know you got a good girl 
know my name from Sarah Diamond, who started her career in 2000 when she was just five when she got signed to a Canadian children's record label called Kids Up. From there, as you can imagine, I'm sure it went a bit wild and she ended up in a girl group which broke up and then she started working with the Montreal Canadians who I believe are a football, American football, Canadian football, one of those kind of team and she was singing the Canadian National Anthem during their season and she then went to sing at the American National Anthem during the NHL playoffs. So a lot of people over the pond might know who she is or at least recognise her voice. This song was taken from an album she released or an EP she released late last year. I love the fact that she's merging different styles of electronica, sometimes a little bit of trap, and a lot of pop, but her voice at no point just gives in to the standard auto-tune pop nonsense. It's still so raw, and particularly in that tune when you hear her go towards the higher end of her range, you can just hear all of the emotion that she puts through, and it's, it's phenomenal. So yeah, I'm really, I'm excited by this lady. She's really interesting. Amazing. <laughs> um, so the just before we move on to our next song, we've got a 10-minute interview with uh, as part of a new segment to our podcast. We're going to be speaking to people in Glasgow and further afield about the beautiful projects that they're working with. Um, and we're obviously pleased to announce, we kind of announced it before, but we, to celebrate 10 years of podcast on... February 21st, which I can officially announce now, Thursday, February 21st from 6 to 8pm at Glasgow Zine Library, we will have 10 places for young females to learn how to podcast free of charge. And um, yeah, this is an interview with LD about about the zine library and how it started and some of the weird and wonderful zines that you can pick up. Uh, my name is Lauren Davis and I run Glasgow Zine Library and Glasgow Zine Fest. I started running Glasgow Zine Fest when I was in my third year of undergrad and I'm, I'm from Illinois and I'd taken part in Chicago Zine Fest and when I moved over here I saw that there was loads going on but there was no actual just kind of Glasgow Zine Festival and so I emailed my friend and I said, hey buddy why don't we do our own zine fest? And he just wrote back and said, sure. So that was pretty much how that started. And after five years of running the festival, we opened up the library. And we were really lucky because there was just kind of this space on the ground floor here in Nicholson Street where it wasn't really necessarily being used for the gallery. And they were looking for something to sort of take up space here permanently. And I'd been collecting and collecting all these zines kind of, I mean, predating Zine Fest, but then once Zine Fest started, I suddenly had this collection of maybe 300 zines, and then it became 500 zines, and it's just kind of grown. I need somewhere to put them, because everything before was just on this red shelf that I stole from outside a hardware store. All my zines lived on that for a few years, and then I was like, well, they've kind of outgrown that shelf. I, I probably need like an entire room. And then I saw that there was Salford Zine Library, and I thought, well, if they can do it, we can do it. Because they're great, and we're pretty cool. Let's have our own zine library. I got my first zine when I was 15, 
I ordered, this is back in the days of mail order, and I ordered an Alkaline Trio t-shirt from Asian Man Records, yes. And, um, and in, in the package that I got was a free zine that came with it, and it was, it was like a, it was a super feminist zine all about free bleeding. And I remember reading it and just being like, how did they get this made? And then I started to find out about what zines are and that they didn't have to get it made, they made it themselves and they can just distribute it. And then I started going to punk shows and there were zines circulating there. And then I got to college and my friends were making zines there and I started kind of contributing a little bit but not much, just kind of little bits of text or something because I was still a little on the sidelines and I felt like I didn't have anything very important to say. And then at some point, I think it just sort of clicked and I realized you don't have to have something super important to say. You can just kind of make something that you're interested in. And I'm really interested in TV and have no one to talk about it with. Um, so I kind of I kind of started there. I was like, oh, I want to make I want to make some fanzines about TV that I like and I want to make. Oh, and I I don't know. I, I think it was kind of community. It's this sort of it's an extension of when I was in high school and going to punk shows in basements and hardcore shows in basements. And I moved to Edinburgh in 2009 and I missed a lot of my friends and I was having a really hard time making friends over here. And I think I'm, I met a couple of people that were doing some stuff over here and then I met, I had some friends back home who I thought were really great writers and illustrators and I thought, what if I bridged that gap and made a zine where I had people from both places that I've lived contributing? For me, the interest in zines come, comes from community and the idea of bringing people together. In our health section, I really like, we've got one called um, Understanding Good Consent. And I feel like I don't see a lot of zines that are about that. And I don't see a lot of zines that address um, consent and sex in such kind of a frank way and just sort of like, a, like an educational way. And so I, I think that, that really stands out for me and I always notice people go right for it when they come in and they really sit down and read the whole thing. The pop culture section is kind of my favorite just because I really love fanzines, it's my favorite kind of zine. I just, I really love people writing about stuff that maybe no one else loves as much as they do. So there's this Star Trek one right here where this guy, um, I think his name's Josh Chapman, he goes through kind of different seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation and just writes about the villains, but stuff gets really grim and really dark because he starts talking about how he hates his mom and he starts talking about how he just bought the new Nine Inch Nails album and it's it's so dated and it's so good that to the point where I started thinking, this is a hoax zine and someone probably just made this last year and, um, and they're trying to create this like persona of Josh Chapman and you know what I mean? Like I'm just imagining this like 35 year old girl thinking it's it would be really funny to make this really angsty teenage Star Trek the next generation zine but I I don't want to bring my conspiracy theories to the zine library but I, I really want to track that guy down there's the one about Bruce Springsteen's butt which kind of which I really it rates his butt um, obviously they're all perfect score uh, but like his butt throughout time and so like the born to run days and the born in the USA days and different different eras of Bruce Springsteen and, and rating his butt. Um, and I think it, I think there's a little bit of like a kind of queer awakening that comes with it, which is really interesting because the um, me and Bruce 
zines by Holly Cassio are, are really similar. It's about a working class queer person who's from the north and really um, kind of finding love in Bruce Springsteen and, and reimagining Bruce Springsteen as kind of the queer lesbian icon that we all deserve. The dream is to sort of have our own, kind of our own space that's got a couple of floors so that we can offer printing facilities and maybe a bit of studio or co-working space for people, um, offer a bit of space for people to rent. Like right now people do rent out the space if they're doing workplace events. We've done private zine, zine making events. We've done private screenings. Um, people rent this, have rented the space for festivals and things like that. But I think ideally for me, I, I would like our own kind of freestanding space. There's so many buildings around, even just in Tradeston, Govan Hill. I mean, that probably what's really next for us is finding maybe a storefront or something that we can we can expand a little bit and um, maybe a place that has heat. Running back to you.
interview there with LD is uh, Press Club, and that was Suburbia. They are playing Stag and Dagger this year, May 5th, and are probably one of the best bands playing, if I'm honest, from down under, rip-roaring, wonderful punk rock goodness. And it is like a semi-awakening, if not a full one. And uh, they've supported the likes of Japan Droids, Joyce Manor, Cloud Nothings and Dreamwife down in Australia. What do you think, Phoebe? That just ticked all of the boxes of not even teenage because when you say teenage you think of maybe 15 upwards not even teenage phoebe's desires but pre-teen that's given me some 41 i'm like giving it absolute head bopping hair banging throwing up the metal fingers around my bedroom kind of vibe and that is so not what i expected from the beginning introduction of the song i love the punchiness when it kicks in her voice is great the lyrics which don't go with that kind of song or I wouldn't have automatically put with that because that makes it even better for me the contrast between the two oh that yeah big fan that's probably my favorite so far I reckon uh yeah there's I love the recording technique especially on her vocal it's as if she's almost peaked on the mixing desk and it's just so raw and in your face and I just love it who have you got next this is quiet and it's called straight lines Yeah. 
Lines from Kwaye, who was born in Zimbabwe and raised in London. He grew up playing the viola, the sax and the guitar and evidently singing as well. And then he moved to Brighton to study in the music industry. And then he went to LA as part of a study abroad course and played an Uber driver, one of his demos. And it turned out that the Uber driver used to be an A&R and now he's got an album and a tour coming up. So it seems like he had a very, very lucky encounter with this Uber driver. Holy shit. I know. So basically the crack is, if you're a musician and you get in a taxi, just constantly put your tunes on because you never know what's going to happen. But even if he hadn't been snapped up by Mr. Uberman, I think he probably would have been anyway because that voice is just like silk and velvet and butter and every wonderful thing that's ever used to describe a stunning vocal all combined. He is just off the chain. Next, um, and our final track of the podcast is Nana Adjoa. Uh, she released a four-track EP back in November, and it's really it's a really interesting body of work. The production shows a lot of versatility, as does her songwriting. And um, Nana is a Dutch a Dutch Ghanaian singer songwriter, and that kind of vein of of songwriting and production reminds me of the likes of Tricky Portishead, Masvatak, and and all those wonderful artists. And she said about that song, um, I wrote this song when my grandmother was in her last years. Um, she showed me the downsides of growing old, physical and mental decay, and in her case, great loneliness. This is a problem for a lot of elderly people in the Western world, waiting for the release of death, which is really profound. And um, I guess when you kind of really listen to the lyrics and the song and, and let it, you know, really take effect, then it's, it's you know, it's really poignant um coming that's the end and How? it's i know <laughs> i mean literally recorded this so quickly <laughs> um but uh yeah we will be back next time with another eight songs and another interview with someone wonderful do you have any positive thoughts that you want to leave us with pb i do and that is that i absolutely loved presenting how much wonderful music there is to listen to this year or to be excited about this year and we've literally only picked eight tracks so if there's anything to keep the motivation going for 2019 it's eight amazing tracks and that's just what we found what on earth are you going to find yourself go and find it and then tell us about it Don't